Listener Production. Okay, here we go. He is ice cool in moments like this. Oh, the big fella runs back into heavy traffic. Look at him go! Plenty to get through on Footy Talk this week, Journo's edition. Danny? I'll be talking about my conversation with David Clemmer. Was it a conversation? In my opinion, it was. Okay. Jamie? And I'll be talking about Danny's conversation with David Clemmer. (laughs) (laughs) And we're going to talk about the Roosters and Souths and a few of the things going on in the background. Bring it. Footy talk for another week, and oh, there's a lot to talk about in this Juno's edition. I'm Adam Peacock. This is Michael Chamis. How are you, mate? I'm very well. How are you, Adam? Good, mate. Good. And Danny Widlow over there, stirring the pot this week again. I see Danny. Didn't know it was sunny in here. How come you boys are both wearing hats? Because I'm balding. That's why. Jamie, <laughs> <laughs> what's your excuse? You should be wearing a hat too. This snob just admitted to catching out public transport for the first time in 23 years. These are off-air conversations you're no, bringing on air. Do we want to bring what? It says a lot about you that you haven't caught public transport. I'm now a public years. transport catcher. What happens, to your, what happens to your private driver? Well, mate, my daughter is now driving, so she needs my car. So mm. I give it to her when she wants it. It'd take you four days if you caught public transport public from where transport. you come no, from. I don't do public transport. Oh, <laughs> hang on. It's just bad, yeah. Hang on. Because of the, nah, because I don't access, do public because, transport. Hey, you live in wherever you live on your throne. You won't catch public transport. Nah, no. I don't catch public transport. That's the quote. Now, what you guys do is ask questions and cutting questions. And Danny Widler was at it again this week at West Tigers training. Dave Clemmer. We want to hear about what happened after the game. What's your side of the story? Mate, we, we lost the footy game and... That's it, you know, we, we didn't help ourselves in um, holding the footy. What about what happened afterwards with Jackson? Oh, mate, it's just one of those things. It's just uh, looking out for me, mate. My mate didn't want to go out there and talk, so I just sort of just intervened and just cut it out, but it was nothing really that bad. Was it personal? Uh, not so much, mate. I don't, I don't know the bloke. Did you do it again, stand up for a bloke like that? Oh, mate, <laughs> just throwing questions out here. Um, you know, it's, it's your teammate. Would you, would you do it for your mate? If it was confrontation to your mate, would you would you do it? Well, I, probably, I don't know if I would have done it in that circumstance. Come on. Yeah, all right. Sweet, mate. All good. Was it confrontational, Dan? No. No. So you say it was confrontational, but was it confrontational between those two? Oh, yeah. Well, the security guy stepped in. So I just went over. Mate, it was pretty harmless. My model looked a different way. I had my mouth guard in and stuff like that, but there was nothing in it, mate. Do you understand it maybe wasn't a great look for the game? Oh, Mate, <laughs> the moralist over here. <laughs> hey, George Clark has got you covered. Seriously, George Clark from Mitch Moses last week. Um, hang on, last last week you were bagging me saying I'm soft. I don't ask questions. <laughs> this week you bagged me because I asked questions. What do you want? Well, you, you went, you went, you went. I didn't go hard. You I just knew asked, what you were doing. You were fishing. Michael, what, what did you do wrong? What did you do wrong? I don't think it was a good look for the game. You but, think it's, it's a good, good look when when a player. Right, he's going to say sorry to another player. A security guard has to come in between those players because Talao starts going Jackson Hastings. Then another bloke starts going Jackson as well. I don't think it was a great look. I think it's been a topic of conversation. I think it's my job to ask those questions. I started off by saying, David, just tell us your side of the story. And yeah, that was the butter-up that, question. That's eh? not a tough question for him. I think he could have the opportunity right there and then to say, Look, it probably wasn't the best thing I've done. I'm, I apologise, but I'll always stand up for a teammate. But he didn't want to say that. In that situation, though, if he said that and then he, his trouble was that he started asking questions back to you and gave you the opportunity to have your point of view because that's, you know, if you're asked a question, you give the, the honest answer that you feel. But do you reckon 
that if he said at the end of his first or second answer, and that's all really I want to say about it, everyone would have dropped it? Most no. likely. No, get out of here, Danny. <laughs> get, get out if, of here, If he would have said, look, it wasn't a great look. Um, but he doesn't think it I, wasn't a great look. Well, I think David Clemmer's got to then have a but look at himself. But it was Tommy Talao who was the one who wouldn't accept the apology. David no, Clemmer in that situation had no well, idea what, what was going on. He had no idea why should he so intervene. So David Clemmer's first instinct, and whether you like this about have him or not. Have you been speaking to David? Maybe. David Just Clemmer's, tell us the truth. Well, you, but you know I get along with David. I've right. known David so for a long time. Yeah. Okay, I'll, let's, let's, let's be honest with this situation. Yeah. I've known Dave for yeah. 10 years. I've spent a lot of time with Dave on Origin Camps, Australian teams, and I've got to know the real David Clemmer. The real David Clemmer doesn't think first. The real David Clemmer sees his mate in an argument and his first instinct is to go and defend him. He didn't know what Jackson Hastings had said. He didn't know what Tommy Tillow had Even though said. his mate had started the argument in the first place. He didn't place. know. He saw the argument and his first instinct is, I'm going in there to defend my mate no matter what happened there. Yeah. Okay? And that's, if I'm in the wrong, I'll deal with it later. But that's but, when trouble escalates in okay, situations but, but like Michael, that. But Michael, that's fair enough and I respect your relationship with him and I respect David Clemmer's passion for his teammates. This is a good period afterwards when I think everybody's seen what's happened. Everybody's had a, a, an ability to, to digest it. And David's probably had the opportunity to think about it. Dave's not apologizing. He, he would do the same thing again. He sees his mate arguing. that he wouldn't answer it. Yeah, but he sees his mate arguing with the opposition team after a loss. Doesn't know what it's about. His first instinct is defend him. Does that make but it right? The, but, the, the, but Tommy Talao then, the, the, the onus is on Tommy Talao. That's the talk whether or not he should have just accepted the apology and move on. You know there what? Would be no, there would be have no, had have been no argument if he just accepted the apology and moved on. Jackson Hastings, whether you believe him or not, he went over to apologize to Tommy Talao. Now, I know that the Tigers players feel perhaps he was being disingenuous. It wasn't a real apology. He knew what he was doing by coming over and rubbing it in. I don't know if How is it rubbing it in? Well, it obviously it obviously rubbed you up the wrong way. Okay. Him coming over after the game, Did broke you, his nose, yeah. finished the game. I'm not saying that Jackson was trying to be yeah, stirring the pot in what that are situation. You saying? I'm saying that David was defending his teammate and that Tommy Talao took offence to Jackson Hastings apologising. Okay. So who was in the wrong in this situation? Who was in the right? Well, I think Tommy Talao overreacted in this situation. And you know that Tommy Talao has now apologised yeah. to Jackson Hastings. Yeah. So right. what do you want David Clement to apologise for, sticking up for his teammate? Oh, I just think it was a bad look. And I don't What's think a I... bad look? It's good for the game, this sort of stuff. I uh, don't know if it is. You don't get a drama? I don't mind some drama. I don't mind some drama, but I don't think it's a great look when a bloke goes up to apologise for something and gets attacked not by one bloke but by two blokes. That's all. Bigger picture, what does it tell you, and, and you were down there, about, you know, before the season, we I asked you guys about vibes at, at clubs and who's got a good vibe, who doesn't have a good vibe. Vibes at Tigerland this week? Yeah, um, it was interesting being down there training. I wasn't there for their whole session. Hmm. But, you know, it's it's got that same old Tiger feel about it, unfortunately. An edge? It just feels like it's not focused. Hmm. It feels like it's not focused. And it feels like they don't really know what they're doing yet. It might take a bit of time uh, and there's some chance that, you know, everything that they're practicing will fall into place suddenly. Um, but at right now, it doesn't feel like they're a, a club that knows exactly what they're doing. Watching that game last week, I felt like there is a plan from the coaching staff, but that plan is still lost in translation from Benji's head in particular with the attack towards the skill level of the players at his disposal at the moment. Well, now, I reckon it can work yeah. eventually. They've got too many good players like Appy steering everything for it not to work. If they can latch onto him a bit more and a few other things fall into place, it's not like they've been blown away in games. They've lost two tight mm. games. 
yeah, but against played, opposition they, they should against be. against 12 men for, for 25 exactly. minutes. Yeah, yeah exactly. Wasn't. Look, at look, Leichhardt. At Leichhardt. No, no, that's the problem. They've played two, two games that they probably could have won and now they've got one more game which is you'd consider on the easy side against the Bulldogs. Then the draw gets horrible. Ridiculous. But that, it feels like they're 30-point losses, but they're not. I'll, t- I'll tell you what. Might as well have been last week. That, that loss was that bad and may as well have been a 30-point loss because everything went against Newcastle. And Newcastle are not near the best team in the comp. Everything went against them. And the Tigers still couldn't work out a simple way to beat them. So the Tigers, I had a look at some numbers. When it comes to offloads, mm. when it comes to meters made, mm. and when it comes to possession, they're in the top two or three in each of those categories. That's what I mean. When it comes to line breaks and mm. line break assists and try assists, they're down the bottom. They're 15th or 16th in yeah. all those categories. So they've got all the ball. They're creating this attack and they can't turn pressure into points. Because if it, sorry, if it was the other way around, mm. it'd be a false reading. That's right. So if they've got those first parameters right, yeah. I think eventually it falls into place. Now, I'm not saying that they're going to go on a 12-game winning streak and do what they did in 2005 or anything like that, but I think they will get better. I think so. I think they're trying a, a game, a style of football that they're not executing well at the moment. And it, and it, and it looks bad because they've dropped the ball that many times in the first couple of weeks. I think you give them another two or three weeks before you start putting the red line through the top. Yeah, I think I, that's I, fair. I, there are signs of improvement there and they'll get better. This whole, they're regressed under Michael McGuire. No, because last year they couldn't make any metres. They couldn't get in a position to try and convert. You just want to match out and now you've got to justify it. No, because if, if this doesn't work, and this we'll probably get to this, but if it doesn't work, like, do you talk about vibe? I'll tell you what the vibe is. There's a lot of, uh-oh. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's the vibe that's, that's of the Tigers. Good, that's a good way of describing There's it. There's an uh-oh happening at the club right now. It's like, if this doesn't work, where the hell do we go from here? Because you, know? you look at, say, a place like Melbourne Storm. So if they didn't, I mean, we're talking hypotheticals here, they drop that first game against Parra and what happens against the Bulldogs happens. Do you reckon there's the noise and the worry and, oh, what does the chairman think and what does the CEO think no. about an 0-2 start? No. And no. it's just indicative of where the Tigers are at as an organisation. That it's, it's in the air, isn't it, Danny? It's, it's a worry. And, look, you know, the, the, the concerning thing that I saw at training was obviously – Bateman didn't train in front of us yesterday and there's all sorts of theories about why he hasn't trained or why he's not involved. And the other thing that was concerning was I think they looked really good when Benji was actually involving himself in the, in the place. <laughs> drop Benji. Don't drop Brooksy for Benji. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> they, they looked good when Benji sort of would you know, throw a pass or Who's this Benji Brooks yeah. coming off the bench this week? <laughs> yeah. Good player there. Imagine uh, that. That'd be a story. It'd be a great story. But that's the hard thing for Benji because, I mean, you, you go back to, remember when Wally Lewis went into club coaching? And it was like, how does a player like that translate what is in that brain and what is in that natural talent across to a player who is no way going to be as good naturally talented, but can be a very good first-grade player. That's the trick for Benji. And I wonder how it manifests itself with all this noise going on around about they, yeah, the they, club. But they come out and beat the Bulldogs and you know, then everybody is not forgetting about it, but they, yeah, it releases that pressure. And Does Bateman play? Well, he didn't look like he was going to play. The plan no. was round four. The plan, and they named him this week. I wonder if, it's, if, if there's a little bit of panic creeping in thinking – we we got a few guys out. Papali is out. Do we just name him and hope for the best? Do you know the real story, Michael? Like, like I mean, there's been a lot of speculation as to why he's not playing, whether he's you know acclimatising or injured. I mean, you hear different things. Well, I do know one thing that Lee Hadjabantelis, the chairman of the Tigers, didn't take kindly to suggestions that the club is misleading people in regards to Bateman's future. He 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 spoke, and I was in the room at the time. He spoke to about 200 corporate partners at uh, Leichhardt Oval before the game on Sunday. 
Oh, free sandwiches, huh? And, yeah. <laughs> free, free information. Well done. Um, <laughs> and, he, and he didn't miss. He went after the media uh, for claims. Who was he targeting? That, well, you know, he was targeting Danny Dabasili. This is what you did to David Clemmer. Now you're trying to do it to me. No secrets here. We've got listeners who, who want to know who was he targeting. No, he, he was targeting sections of the media who, who, who said that Bateman, the Tigers were hiding Bateman's injury, that an ankle injury was keeping him from playing, and the Tigers were trying to say, no, no, he's just acclimatizing. You know who he was targeting. I asked him after and he wouldn't tell me. And he said, but he was happy for the story to run. So whether Bateman plays or not, depends you, how Do you think, they are. or are they telling the truth? Oh, I think there's a, it's a bit of both. He's got an, we saw him getting mm. treatment before the game on an ankle. Mm. There is no doubt there's an ankle injury. How severe it is, I don't know. You just Your guess is as good as, as, good as mine. Could he have played the first couple of weeks? So I don't I, know. I went to training, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, the last time I was able to get down there and Bateman was there, white as anything, just off the plane <laughs> and whiter than me. He was hopping around his ankle. He he was running that day. When we went yesterday, um, again, we don't get to see everything. From what I saw, he was he must have been doing some training inside. And the only time we actually saw him was sitting in the grandstand. So mm. I I don't think that's a great sign. Games. They're playing games. Okay. Well that, that could be true too. Listening to James Graham, he might have been out the back just eating red raw meat. <laughs> <laughs> readying himself to rip through Belmore. Well, there's, this there's weekend. pressure on him too, like to to make it an impact because there's been a lot of hype about his signing, and there's a view that he can help transform and put some real mongrel into that pack because hmm. at the moment they haven't shown that. Uh, we're going to take a quick break here on Footy Talk, but after the break, we're going to talk about Danny's Roosters. <laughs> so this week, gents, and we will get to this. Epic looks to take place at Allianz Stadium on Friday night, the, the contest and all the noise around that. But firstly, Danny, the news this week that uh, Teddy has re-signed. Suali'i is still at the club, but what does it mean for his future? Teddy's going to be there until at least 2025, so back to Leichhardt will have to wait. What happened Jamie? to the Tigers? I thought he was going back. <laughs> exactly. Um, Danny, how are the machinations around the club behind the scenes about uh, this re-signing? It's, it's smart management by the Roosters. They're a club who were talking about the Tigers before and maybe, you know, the we always talk about their CEO and their chairman and drama and whatever. The Roosters, Nick Politis wants something to happen. He makes it happen. Whichever way it happens, yeah. you know, if it's going to benefit the Roosters, he'll do his best to make sure that happens. And the Tedesco re-signing is a smart one. You know, it takes some of the noise out. Now we're going to just be talking about, uh, is rugby going to get Joseph Suwali? That's going to be the next what topic. What they pay him, Danny? Teddy, I don't know. Because we had that argument what yeah. a, what a 2025 James Tedesco is worth? Well, I, I think it'd be I think it'd be less than it, he would be now. I might try to find out. Try and find out. Be a good column for your Sunday. Okay. <laughs> I hope Buzz isn't listening. It'll be it'll be written on Friday. It's already written, I reckon. Oh, Buzz. <laughs> <laughs> I heard Buzz file. Uh, I was in at work the other day for codesports.com.au. There you go. Buzz was filing on the phone like old school about the news about Teddy when it when I love it broke that. that he was, mm. I love the old school filing. The, yeah, from a phone box somewhere far away. But no, um, <laughs> this. Fascinates me, guys, about all this noise about Suali. Is he going to walk away? He wants to play fullback. He wants this. He wants that. I'm thinking, if I'm him, <laughs> and I wish I was, had his athletic ability, <laughs> but you've got a two year apprenticeship in prospect with one of the greatest fullbacks that's played the game in the modern era. Wouldn't you want to learn as much as you can and maybe oddly pop in there when, when Teddy's off playing Origin or not quite right because his body's not going to be able to withstand the whole season? I don't know. How old are you, Adam? Like you're 44. Yeah, I'm, I'm an old bloke too. Look, it's, it's the don't chamis- put yourself in that category. You're a it's, lot older than Adam. It's the, it's the, it's the chamises of the world, the younger generation. Yeah. 
They want things now. The Snapchat generation. They just yeah. want it now. But look, I'm not. Is it him or the people around him? Yeah, I'd say. Look, I think from I everything know. I've been told about Joseph, and I don't know him very well. I've talked to him a few times. Lovely, level-headed young guy who wouldn't be driving any of this. Hmm. Whereas it's probably in the interest of his management for this talk to be going on and threats from rugby and from wherever else. His management that also managed Mitchell Moses, is that right? Oh, here we go. You're still is that got, what you're alluding to? Isaac Moses, yes. He, he's good at having contract situations get played out in public. Hmm. Driving and, and, and negotiation. Yeah, and look, yeah. good luck to them. That's, that's, that's their business. Hmm. But I don't think it would be Joseph driving a lot of this. Is this the early stages, and you lived through it as well, uh, the Sonny Bill Dinosaurs. negotiations oh, when Coda was involved and, and yeah. all of that. Is, is it a similar playbook? I think the, the stuff with Sonny Bill and Coda was a, a lot looser. There was no playbook for that. That was just see it and this is what we're going to do and stuff the world because that's how we're going to play it. Back his talent. Back his talent, not worry about consequences at that time and do what no one else has done. Sonny's done it now, so I guess, yes, there is a, I guess, a, a template for it, isn't there, of mm -hmm. being the one-year player and hopping between codes. And I think from all the indications are Joseph will be perfectly capable of doing that because he's so talented. Whether he does that or not, whether he's got the appetite for drama, I'm not sure. Whether he's got a manager who will back him through that, I'm not sure. Sonny didn't have the appetite for drama, mm. um, but he was really angry at the time. I don't think there's that same anger. Within, yeah. within Joseph. How do you see it playing out? Yeah, I, I fear that he's going to leave the game, not because he's not playing fullback at the at the Roosters. I think he's, as as, as uh, Danny said, I don't think he's that kind of kid who's kicking up, you know, kicking a stink right now because he's not getting what he wants. He's playing in the centre. He's got a lot to learn as a centre, and then he'll eventually get his time at fullback if he sticks around. But James Tedesco is in the conversation for the top two or three fullbacks of all time. Like, mm -hmm. and he's And he's showing no signs of slowing down. As good as Joseph Sawali was at the World Cup, there's a lot of room for improvement. Those first couple of games, he he he. Jamie, in five years' time, he's going to be he's going to be the best player in the game. Yeah, I think like, that, like in the in next five, five years' time, James Esco will be yeah, retired. I'm not. I'm saying for the last five years, Teddy, I think in my view, has been the best player in the game. And I think in five years' time, we're talking about it. You know, the bloke is going to be not far behind him is Joey Manu as yeah. well. So that's so another. Th thing. I said this on 100 percent footy the other night. The thing with Joseph. Suwali, sorry if I keep saying Suwali. The thing with him though, if he's not playing fullback at the Roosters and wants to stay at the club, his earning capacity is limited to what? 800, 850, let's say mm -hmm. max nine as a center. It's not topped out. It's not, he, he's not value. As he's opposed not to get, what, 1.5. Well, yeah, in rugby union. Or in league. Is that but what it, they're but even in league, 1. even 5. if he played top fullback money, he gave him 1.2. Consider staying for two, 300,000 less. But when you're talking six, 700,000, that's a lot of money to turn mm. down. That's a lot of money. Mm. This weekend, though, we get, um, you know, we that's in the distant future. <laughs> the immediate prospect is these two ripping into each other. So Can't wait. I, I don't know if you've heard any of these stories through the week, but I, it's my information that they wanted to do a big photo shoot with the, the two big games this week at Allianz Stadium. There's an A-League game between Sydney FC and Western Sydney Wanderers that's going to near pack out Allianz, but the night before is obviously – Souths and the Roosters, they want to do a big photo, you know, uh, the big weekend at Allianz and have all representatives from all four clubs. My info that the Roosters football department said, nah, we don't want to be photoed with them, photographed with them in the week before this game. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me. I, I reckon you'd, you'd know what's going on. Um, and that's just the feeling between the clubs. It, it's not made up. There's mm. nothing about no. this is made up. This is 
in their core. Even blokes who come in from other clubs, are, they learn about it pretty quickly and they learn that this is real hatred. And, and it's not just history. There's recent stuff too. With, oh, with Joseph, been, with Luttrell. Yeah. And obviously what happened last year in that, the seven in that semifinal. Was it? Like it was – it was unbelievable. It's an interesting dynamic. You go back to when the start of, like, the, through the 80s in origin, it was labelled as mate v mate, state v state. And <laughs> one cancelled out the other when it got to <laughs> the, the three games each year. Because a lot of the, the players know each other through representative football, it, and they are mates. And it's mate v mate, but kind of postcode v postcode doesn't have the same ring to it as the second line. But it's it's almost as if those mateships are just cast way aside. Way aside. When, yes. these, when this game happens. Well, I guess an indication of how anticipated this game is, there's a great game between Manly and Para. Like, here we go again, Manly and Para. Like, mm. and they, are, for us. they are fierce rivals, right? They are, and, and they don't like each other either, you know, and that goes back a long time. But it hardly rates a mention this week mm. in comparison to the viciousness between the yeah, group. Yeah. And it goes, it's not just the playing group, it's the fans, the officials, Oh, if they could put them yeah. in a room as yeah, well. The official, I'd, I'd like to see that. Oh, probably worse. Who's the poor bastard who's got the game, by the way? The ref. Oh, not sure. Not <laughs> Charlie, Charlie's going to look that up for us yeah. just quickly. But, yeah, the officials as well is that like, you know. Oh, the- Nick Politis, he wants to win a couple of games every year. I think he wants to win a premiership. Mm. But I think he always wants to beat South and I think he always wants to beat Manly. Does so. he take pleasure in taking players off them? Oh, you don't. You don't you'd, you'd have to, I can't speak on his behalf, but you think so. Yeah. You think so? Jared Sutton's the man. Jared, good good luck, Jared. <laughs> all the best, pal. Love, How mate. many sin bins are we going to see? Three. I, I, I think Trent Robinson. <laughs> as much as they fell into a trap last year, the Roosters. I yeah. think Trent Robinson says to them, "Keep your head. We win this game," and and bait the Rabbitohs. Bait Cody Walker. We know he's definitely baitable, and we've seen it in the past. So if they can get under their skin like they did last year, the Roosters, I reckon, will. I don't think we see the Roosters that. Lost their heads last year. Is Vic, Victor's is he back? He, he's he's scheduled to play. Yeah, mm. yeah. As, as Victor of now. keeps his head. Jarrah's back. I don't know. Their first his oh. first game of the year. Maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe I'm an idiot. Maybe they won't keep. Sorry, their six six sin bins. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. And you've got the new bloke, Brandon Smith. You reckon he won't be involved? Uh, Eight sin bins. Yeah. <laughs> a couple of them go twice. <laughs> I'm not sure. But is Brandon playing? Uh, he was fifty fifty. I haven't seen the latest squads. By the mm. time we get on air, and who knows? I'm not going to say something. Yeah, I'm but stupid. this is like we. You know, you, you hope for it. And we talked about David Clemmer and, and you know, the set Don't two bring with up Jason again. Yeah, but <laughs> this gives an edge that drives the interest in it's, the game. It's why we like to watch sport. Where's the line, though? Oh, now you like the drama. You didn't like <laughs> yeah, the drama like earlier. As if, if the drama's on the field. The drama sells. Whilst the players are playing and there's not two blokes on one bloke. All that's good for the game. All the drama, people hating each other, I know fighting. The, I know the in drama's the, good. In the grand scheme of things, it's it's good. Because the next I time felt, Newcastle play the Tigers, yes. we're going to be excited, and just as we are right now with the Roosters and Rabbits. How's Clemmer going as a, a player? Well, oh, we're back to him back again. Because yeah. well, you, you want the drama, you bring it up I'm just again. saying, you made the point earlier that you didn't like that drama, but you liked the Roosters-Rabbits drama. Yeah, on field. You pick and choose your On drama. field, during the game. Perfect. A lot of it wasn't on field, I'll tell you that much. Brad Arthur, re-signing with Parramatta. My first thought was, what's the longest the coach has been at a club without winning a premiership? Geez, you're negative. No, that, you know what? Wow. I, wrote, I wrote that story last year. I'm going to find that. Everything is based on winning comps. That's a I'm negative way it. of looking at poor old Brad <laughs> Arthur's career. Now, he's done very well with Parramatta because when he took over, the joint was a political basket case. Yeah. And he's he's seen through that, driven through that forest and now in the open plain and and trying to get success at this club. But it's, a, it's the same as Ricky Stewart at uh, Canberra looked at it and... Ricky left Parra and Brad Arthur took over. Now, 
Brad Arthur technically has been there longer because he had a caretaker role just before, but that's by the by. Since 2014, both have been there. Mm. Look, Brad Arthur, look, you'd think he has to win a comp soon, right? I mean, like, mm. it can't go on forever, but he has got Parramatta functioning as a, a, a good football side. I think he's a good coach. I think if he wasn't at Parramatta, he'd have another job fairly easily as well. So Parramatta, I don't know what their option was for another coach. Mm. You've always got to think about that. Like, who would they get mm. if they don't have Brad What's Arthur? on the market? Yeah. Um, and I, I, I've always found him to be um, a very reasonable, um, well-thought-out guy and someone who's approachable. So from a media perspective, good to deal with, honest. I don't know what your thoughts are, Michael, whether it was a good re-signing. Oh, or... yeah, I think that conversation that you mentioned about if not Brad, then who else has been had many times over the last four or five years at Parramatta. And the answer keeps coming up the same. There isn't anyone that we could get to this club that's going to be better. Like if you could get Trent Robinson to the club, I'm sure Brad, Brad Arthur would be well, gone. That's not happening. That's not happening. It, it, there, there are only a few that you'd move a coach who has a pretty good record in the last five years, what they're four of the last five finals they've played in. Yeah. But back to your point about, I, I did this story last year on the longest streak without a grand final appearance. How's your memory? You had to Google it. You couldn't you remember it off the top of your head. Yeah, on, how mate. is your memory? What do you think this how is? How old are you, Chammy? <laughs> uh, 34. <laughs> Most games coached before first grand final appearance. Number yeah. one, Nathan Brown, 282 games. But that's not all at one place. Is no. It? Yeah. Matthew Elliott, 265. Neil Henry, 248. Brad Arthur, 229 games, Anthony Griffin, 221. But of those five coaches, Brad Arthur's got the best record of all of them, 53.2% winning record. Mm. That's the, the that's to, pretty good. The timing of this is a bit odd because he got into a grand final. Okay, first half got blown away, yep. but still grand final. But two weeks into the new season, he re-signs. A, you did, like, what were they waiting for? I don't know if you remember, but last year there was some really strong attacks on Brad Arthur. Yeah. Like really – Pointed attacks from inward going out or outward going from the in. media, um, yeah. yeah, from the media. And I think that maybe they didn't feel that was the right time to announce it, or maybe there was a, a, something in his contract that triggered uh, a new deal. I, you, you understand the deal probably more than I do. Yeah, I thought there was a trigger. I spoke to the club the other day, and they said that wasn't the case. I think there are bonuses in his contract, but not a trigger. I don't think a, there is a trigger. Maybe if you want to comp, that might be different. But my understanding was they said they denied that strongly that it wasn't. It was just. They believed an extension was the right call to make, and they went ahead and did it. We're going to end this episode of Footy Talk by getting Chammy to just fire up beyond belief. And I, this made me angry as well. And, and Danny, you don't look like a guy who gets really angry, but no. you get really disappointed. And I think you're along those. <laughs> I get disappointed. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm, um, I'm often disappointed in Chammy. <laughs> there was a reporter last week chucked out of a press conference before it started at Penrith, and it was the South Sydney media manager who came in and told Alicia from NRL.com, because of the dispute between the RLPA and the NRL, that you're not allowed to be in here, get out of the room, we don't want any questions from you, because this is what's going on with the split and the, the whole CBA saga, it's a long story. By goodness, that's disrespectful, oh, like you would not believe. I thought it was piss poor. I mm-hmm. thought, and this is not a crack at Jeremy Monaghan, the South Sydney media manager, because the media manager's got phone calls from the RLPA to say... Jeremy's probably just doing... He's just doing his job. I don't think it's fair that you're, you'd attack him. No, no, I'm, I'm attacking the RLPA because I, I think their stance about not talking to NRL.com, they've been going on about that for the last few months. They haven't spoken to any of the journos from NRL.com. But to actually go to this length and ring clubs and say, if there is a press conference, NRL.com journos, aren't to be in, which most of the clubs have just disregarded. Mm. Well, I think she was at the Penrith one on the same night. That's right. 
So Cameron Murray, they, Jeremy asked Cameron, Cameron Murray, and he, you know, follows the RLPA and says, yep, she's not to be there. And so South, they go up to Souths are also a, very, a club that are, uh, they stick by the rules. Souths are a, real, yeah, a rule-following club. And there is a bit of… There's a better way to do this, though. There is a bit of background. To that, tell her not to well, ask a question, and she would have respected it. But she it. wouldn't have asked the question anyway. That's yeah, the, that's the thing. Don't chuck her to out kick of the her room out of the press conference? Of, yeah, but that's what Jeremy did. Kicked her out of the press conference. He didn't need to go to… Like, Michael at Penrith didn't do that. No. It was just said, don't was, ask a question, and she was fine. And what, even the RLPA, what, like, it, they don't have a right to what kick journalists achieve? out of a press what conference. Achieve? Nothing. What We're talking achieve? about it, it achieves, so it's not it good. achieves nothing. Yeah, but there's a coach in there as well. She has every right. The, the coach is That's not what saying. What does it bound by the RLPA. She can go in there and ask questions of Jason Demetrio. We know what happened that night with Latrell. She's entitled, as someone who works for the governing body, to ask the coach about the incident that took place and just ask about the game in general. If the player doesn't want to answer her questions, don't answer her question. But to kick her out? That was poor. She went into the hallway and watched it live streamed, which is <laughs> just like makes yeah. <laughs> it, it, it was disrespectful, I well, thought, from on many fronts. And you guys are saying, "Oh, Jeremy was just and Souths were just following directive. They didn't need to follow that directive because none of the other clubs did." The other thing, um, weren't players withdrawn from the multicultural round launch as well? Like players were supposed to turn up to that. Yeah, I mean that, and there are kids at that turning up in the rain. Who probably the, the deal's who probably, about to be done. I, I don't. Pro- know yeah, who doing. probably want to see their stars? That to, that stunk as well. Well, here's where it's getting really sinister, though. So these are like, you know, okay, the, the NRL.com journo. She felt <laughs> not the greatest in front of a room full of colleagues, and and you got that launch as well. Yeah. But it's actually affecting livelihoods with this whole split with the waiting for the CBA. So Taylor Curtis is a player that was about to get an NRL. W contract. Pam Whaley from Code Sports has done this story and, and really done some good digging. She was about to get an NRLW contract but couldn't sign it because there's no CBA. She blows a knee out, contract's off the table. She's not protected in any way, shape or form. Terrible. It's a 30 grand contract. Terrible. Yeah. So now we're playing with people's lives. Yeah, terrible. It's gone a bit far, hasn't has it not? Well, well if, if do you think Clint Newton would know about that? Well, he does now. Yeah. Well, do you mm-hmm. think it'd be smart, I mean, smarter people than I would say it, that help her out somehow? I don't know how it works, and maybe we don't know if they've reached out. We don't know the, the follow-up to that, this, this story. Just the RLPA this have week, delayed but... signing off on the women's game until they get the whole CBA finalised. Like, mm. They could have been signed off on a while ago, and then she would have been protected. There are ways, and I've looked at it, other CBAs, when you're in negotiation, you do a bridging one yeah. that kind of just covers everyone off, especially with insurance. Well, in that case, a, if like, the RLPA genuinely have players' interests at heart, they look after her. Mm. They, they, in whatever way, Clint Newton should reach in his own pocket. He's earning half a million dollars or whatever it is a year as, wow. a, as the boss of that game, Big the boss cool. of that part of it. Do it yourself. Mm. I mean, that's pretty bad. I, I didn't know about that. And that makes me pretty angry to hear that. You know. We don't know what's happened since the story's right. gone out. And maybe okay. those yeah, olive branches hope have been look after it. handed over. But it, it, we've talked about it all preseason about, oh, will it get done? Will it get there? And, you know, it's it's one word against the other. And there's a negotiation playing out in public. And it, it, people get hurt and things are said and whatever like that. But <laughs> this surely yeah, is that's, the, like, guys, let's just do this. That makes you upset, doesn't it, Shammy? Yeah, it does. That's, that's, yeah. that's not fair. Awful. Anyway, we've got some footy to look forward to this weekend, so there'll be more to talk about it next week on Footy Talk, uh, Juno's edition. Thanks, gents. Thank you. Catch a train in, Danny. See ya. (laughs)